What's going on, my good people? It's your boy Tom Swoop, and this is the first off in my opinion podcast. Man, we about to get into a nice little show today. I got friend of the show, Kayla Walken, on here today, and I'm gonna bring her on in just a second. But I hope you guys had a great weekend, uh, great holidays. We got holidays coming up here, but. I want to get into today's topic and that's going to be, so I, I saw this post on Facebook on somebody else's page, right? And the post went like this. I heard a woman say just because he's a good man doesn't mean he's my type. What does she mean by that? Now, so I posted it on my Facebook wall just to see, you know, what the, what the overall answer to that question was and so i was very 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 you know i was very taken back by some of the responses because a lot of people focused on the non-compatibility of a man and a woman versus the accountability of choices made in one's past kayla are you there I am here. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good now. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I have been waiting to get her on the show for so long, y'all. Kayla, tell the people a little bit about yourself. I am Kayla Walken. I am a relationship and communication coach focused on helping African-Americans develop effective communication skills to create and sustain healthy relationships. So I did, in fact, see Tom's Facebook post. I didn't comment on it, <laughs> but I'm happy that he invited me on to talk about this topic today because I see it a lot in the people I work with. So I'll let you kind of chime in and I'll kind of take your lead. So, my, so how I felt about it was that I've got this thing and I, and if people who listen to the show, they know, like I love black women. I support black women. I, I try to empower black women, but I also feel like the problems that black women run into are isolated to them. And that it's one of those things where I feel like they're going to have to fix their own problem because outside interference is just that interference to them. So mm -hmm. it's like, I have to love you from afar and when I post things like this and I get the reaction that we got in the post, like in the comments, I kind of feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're missing the point trying to defend their choices. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you sort of like, you know, you it's sort of like you in a conversation with somebody and they're just listening to respond. They're not really listening to understand. And that's where I kind of feel like you know, they're doing like if I, it's like a multitude of people who've responded to this, this, this post and they're from all walks of life, all, you know, different income levels, different parts of the country, but the same thing. Right. And that I feel like, you know, with you, with you being, you know, who you are and which, how your life is set up, how does that make you feel? Um, Obviously, it doesn't really impact me because I am, in fact, married and I do have a family. Um, but it's disappointing, I guess, to see other women think the way that they do, because ultimately they are deciding 
to ignore suitable partners that are in front of them. What I always say to anybody I talk to, whether it's like a friendship or a professional relationship is, you know, you don't have a option in the sense that, for example, I was talking with a girlfriend who told me option A of hers was a successful businessman. He made great money. Um, he was respected in our community and option B, you know, had a good job, wasn't rich by any means, didn't have any potential to be wealthy, was just a regular guy. And she was kind of trying to decide which one she wanted to pick. But what she mentioned to me as well about option number A or option A rather, is that he wasn't interested in a family, nor was he interested in settling down anytime soon because he was pursuing his career. So it was interesting to me that she presented him as an option that she could actually pursue when he didn't want what she wanted. Mm -hmm. So I think for women, you don't get to pick the package that the man comes in. Like, I think it's really important to focus on the qualities he has and the characteristics he has versus what he can provide, what type of lifestyle you might live, how many women want him. Because when you make the decision to focus on looks, um, sex, financial, uh, earning possibility, you are deciding to prioritize ego over what you actually need in the relationship. Now, <clears throat> with you being married, and I've also, I've always said this, you know, I've said this on TikTok, I've said this on, on the podcast. At what point do you feel like, or do you even feel like we need more hey sis moments. Like, hey sis, like, yo, your logic is effed up on this topic. Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I feel like men are doing it. I mean, they're it. not gonna respond to it. But the thing is, I think men are doing it and that's where you get the the, the arguing, the bickering, the, the, <clears throat> the you know, non-productive conversations where I, I feel like if a woman like, let's say, like, you know, some of the comments on here, no woman in any of these comments have said, like, you know, I've made some bad decisions in the past and I may not even know how to recognize a good man if he came across me. They're mm -hmm. they're, they're all talking about, oh, no, he's probably just not compatible with her and he she doesn't have to choose a boring man. And, you know, and all these things. And I'm like, where's the accountability? And where's the where's the sister who gonna say, you know what, sis, I know you and I know who you done picked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so we not but about it, to but play. They're not going to respond to it. You see, they just argue like I made a post one time. I've only posted maybe five or six videos. And one of my posts was directed toward black women. And the first thing I heard was you make too many posts about black women. What about what black men need to work on? Black women oftentimes do not want a resolution. They want to be able to pick the man they want and they need him to change to meet their needs. They're not going to acknowledge him for who he is and what his capacity is. Is that realistic? It isn't. Absolutely it isn't. But I think it's easier, especially because so many of us do that, it's easier to point the blame at Black men than it is to say we have all collectively chosen to date this type of black man and we've gotten or we collectively have gotten these results so it is a black man issue versus i do not choose quality partners mm. how do we fix it 
I have I have oh. my I have my I have my whole I have a whole agenda. Like it like the thing is I was on the phone talking to I was on somebody else's podcast and it's sort of extreme. And they were like, Well, how do you fix these problems in your community? And I went all the way to the left, like off rip. I was like, look, mm-hmm. and you probably gonna, you know, you probably about to be like, what? <laughs> you about to be like, what, Tom? What show did I sign up for today? Like, all right. So I think the pop, the problem is so rooted in our culture that mm-hmm. the first thing you have to do is, and you got to be like, what? All right, listen, mandatory birth control for anybody on public assistance. Okay. The reason I say that is teenage pregnancy costs the country about seven to nine billion dollars a year. If you mm-hmm. eliminate teenage pregnancy for people on public, they, they, they make up almost 84% of all teenage pregnancy. And that's teenage pregnancy people on public assistance, right? So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> When you first do that step right there, you divert that money back into early childhood education. Because my thing is, I believe it starts at home. And to get the home back on track, you got to stop having so many single moms, single young moms. Right. And so I think, you know, it sounds drastic and it sounds very like barbaric and not, a you know, versus women's rights and stuff like that. But I, I feel like, you know, sometimes the cure, people have made systematic processes to profit off of the sickness that infects our community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Democrats and Republicans have monetized our pain and dysfunctionality in our community. And I feel like, Absolutely. and the thing is, until we, you know, cut the head off, we're not going to be able to get where we need to go because we basically need to stop what we're doing. We have way too many single parents in our community, way too many that a woman like you and a husband like yours, you're unicorns. And that's, that's not the case. That should not be the case. And so how do we get back to families? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's like, how do we get back to families? Cause that's literally what it is. We have to get back to families. We have to get back to family. Can I share something with you? Go ahead. Someone else suggested to resolve this issue. They suggested that we incentivize relationships. So instead of incentivizing single mothers, they were like, maybe if you took, like, are you incentive? They were, they essentially suggested we have to start incentivizing relationships and good behavior. So for example, incentivizing relationships would look like instead of rewarding single mothers, you reward young married families who are in middle class trying to transition from poverty to middle class or from middle class to upper middle class. And also instead of creating schools for students who are failing, you know, and and this is no shade to anybody who has a child that's benefiting from the I promise system. However, what do you think would happen if they offered a system like that to children who are performing well? What if the children who were exceptional in school had opportunities to go to Six Flags, had opportunities to get an education, to get a, a free college education? What would happen? People want these opportunities, but the opportunities are often given to people that don't desire to work for them and don't desire to move forward in life. Listen, 
you you speaking real gospel right now because don't get me wrong. I love LeBron James, but I feel like I promise is a, a system that is just flawed. And the reason I say it's flawed is for the same reasons you just brought up. It is geared towards the lower half of our community. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you look at like, you know, a uh, performing arts school like Miller South, they incorporate both parts. Right. And so therefore you have a mixture of kids that are well off, kids that don't even live in the city. Kid, you know what I'm saying? Going to school with other kids and they build relationships, you know what I'm saying? Throughout time. Right. And back to what you said about, you know, incentivizing families. I remember when I was a young married couple and I was like, okay, so you basically, if, if you, if you, if we don't get married, the government's going to give us $10,000 back in taxes. But if we get married, right. we're only getting 1500 Yes, right. yes, yes. And it, that makes no sense. But then it does make sense if our goal, if the goal was to keep us broken up. Right. If the goal was to keep us and broken up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's it. That's it. If the goal was to keep us broken up, that was the mission. The mission is accomplished. But then at that point, I think that's why black women, stereotypically speaking, feel confident about what they're contributing, because it's like, I can do this on my own. I'm a single mother. I don't need a man. And I'm not acknowledging that there is a safety net in place for them to be successful, to never have to be homeless, to never have to go hungry. Whereas, like you said, um, as a young family, it's it's difficult. Like I've been married since I was the day after I turned 22, I got married. So I've been married virtually my entire adult life. And I've been a stay at home mom for the past nine years because we can't afford childcare. We have four kids. I don't qualify for any subsidies to send my kids to school. I have a son who's on the spectrum and I had to teach him, you know, how to read and how to be successful. And he is performing really well in school, but how amazing would it be if my child or my two children who are in grade school had opportunities to go to a school like I promise had it been for students who are performing really well. Yeah. What would that look like for our household when we have a two parent household? You know, we have structure, we have love. We are a representation, in my opinion, uh, at least a facet of it, of black family, young black families. Mm -hmm. And what would it mean, like you said, for my kids to go to school and be rubbing elbows with other children who also come from healthy families? Yeah. <laughs> You, you foster a new narrative. You know what I'm saying? You foster a new narrative. And when we look at, you know, and I get what women are saying, like, you know, you can't do it yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like I could carry seven bags of luggage through the airport, but that don't mean I have to. It's a cart. And it doesn't mean that you do it well. Yeah. It's just you're only carrying it. And and the thing is, it's, it's like, we're, we're now approaching that second generation of single parents that like are teaching that independence, that toughness. Like I had to be a survivor. I had to maintain. I had to mm -hmm. hold the house down. I had to do these things. So I don't need a man that is. I need to I need to build a man. But then it's like you picking men gave you one, two, three kids that don't have dads in their lives. Absolutely. And the accountability. But it's easier to point at the men. Exactly. Say, this is a poor decision that I made to 
lay down and have children with a man that didn't have the capacity to be the father that I feel like my kids deserve. And so their, their immediate reaction to, you know, when someone says that is, oh, well, these men are, are, are bad. And, I, and what I'm saying is that post told you right there that if you even had the choice to pick a good man, that's not what you, you desire. You, that's not what you're mm-hmm. going to do. Like I've some of the response. One person said, oh, because he could be boring. What? And <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And if what? You, but that's the thing is like he doesn't have to provide you with this fun lifestyle. It's about to me, it's not very important. Like my husband works six, seven days a week. He he's he's gone the majority of the time. He provides for his family. We don't go. We don't travel. We don't do fun things. We're not in a position to. But I don't feel like I would prefer the the other option of I'd rather do it by myself. Like I just feel like it's his responsibility to provide for his family and to respect me and to love me, and he does that. We may not ever live a fancy lifestyle, but we still have family. We still have partnership and. I just, I personally feel like that's good enough for me. Like not everybody is going to get the best of the best. So do you think what is driving this narrative is the fantasy of mm-hmm. build a man versus the reality of men right there in their presence? Absolutely. I think it's really important to look at the options in front of you. I, um, I had a girl DM me um, because I posted on Facebook one day and asked like, what is your first, what are, what are your frustrations with dating? Because I was trying to gather some data to kind of, I guess, determine what type of content I wanted to make. And one girl was like, you know, I really feel like men should show more intention. And then she DMs me and was like, yeah, you know, here's my list of all the qualifications that I want a man to have. And the one that stuck out the most to me was under intention she said that a man who shows intention will send you flowers unannounced and plan trips out of the country for you. And it's like, girl, I ain't never even been out of the country and I've been married almost 10 years. And it's like that expectation. And it's also, and I asked her, I said, you know, you might want to change your idea of what a man being intentional looks like. And you also have to ask yourself, does that man even exist when the median income in Akron is $40,000? Who's in a position to do that? And then on top of that, if this man does exist, what does he want? And is it you? Yeah, that's the flip side of it, because it's like. It's it's the fantasy for me. It's the fantasy of, you know, I want all of these things. I don't want to be held accountable for my past decision making. I want to basically. I want to play in the NBA. But I have no jumper. I can't dunk. I can't dribble. (laughs) I can't. You know what I'm saying? But I want to play in the NBA. And it's like I've never played in the NBA before because I've never had a healthy relationship. I don't even know how to function in a healthy relationship. I'm not a good decision maker because I've made poor decisions when it comes to men in the past. But somehow Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I want out of a man. And this is where I always be saying, like, people be wanting things and they don't know what they need. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you do that, I think you just foster more dysfunction 
more dysfunction. Absolutely. And it and it and you show your kids how to do it. You teach your children how to make poor decisions when they date. The one thing Absolutely. I can say about my mom, like my mom, not saying she had a um a plethora of men come through the house, because she didn't, but when she dated somebody, she dated them the right way. And she she showed me like how to basically find a good person. And I feel like a lot of women, and I hate I hate to sound like I'm bashing women because I'm really not, I really want them to be successful in this. But I hear a lot of women say sometimes, like, I don't like to bring men around my, my children. And I get the negative side of it, but the other side of it is you're not showing them how to do something that they're going to have to do. Right. And, and I also want to chime in really quick here, Tom. I also think that breeds a situation where you're compartmentalizing your life. There are a lot of men who will date women with children, but how many of those men are actually willing to take you serious, willing to marry you and willing to play a role in your children's lives? So I think that's one of those situations where it's like out of sight, out of mind. As long as the kids have a dad and they don't have to really be around me that much, I'm willing to entertain you. And I think it's important to see that early on, not suggesting you should introduce a man to your children as soon as you meet him. But I think that's something important to iron out. Are you interested in sleeping with Mary or excuse me? Are you interested in sleeping with a woman or dating a woman that has children? But are you actually open to being with and having a relationship with and eventually marrying a woman that has children? Now, me personally, I prefer a woman with children over a woman without children. Unless, you know, mm -hmm. like she can't have children or something like that. But I prefer that because I feel I feel like mothers have a nurturing factor that sometimes single women with no children don't have. Mm -hmm. Like I've dated women without children, like over 35, and they have a certain level of selfishness and um, they don't have a lot of empathy for certain maternal situations are just, a you know, dealing with kids and just different things like that. And, and I, and I have kids, so I deal with my kids a lot and I'm a real dad. So it's like, I show up. So it's like, that's always been difficult for me. So I, and then what I, another thing with like, when you're dating someone with kids, when you keep them separate, ladies, when you keep the two things separate, you're, you're dating the man twice. You're basically saying, okay, this is me single. And you know, once you reach this level, I'll let you in. And now I got to start all the way back over because now I got to date you as a mom. Mm -hmm. And those are two different people. So and that's why that's why you ever see a relationship and it'd be like, oh, we've been together for a year and a half. Yeah, it's not working out. It's not working out because I had to do it twice. And then the second person I met, I really didn't like. Right. You know what I'm saying? You as a mom, like, uh-uh. <laughs> you as a single person was cool. And the thing is, it's not really like I'm saying like, oh, she's a a bad mom. Like some people are poor moms. I have stopped talking to a girl for how she cheated her kids. Cause I treat my kids really well. So it's like I can't I can't be around somebody who, you know, cusses at their kids like violently. I can't be around somebody who, you know, doesn't love and nurture their children, empower their children. I can't do that. I can't do it. 
So as a single person, she was dope. But as a mom, I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> no. So with you. And, and I remember the post that you made. And if you remember, I commented on that post and I said, all the good women are married. Right. <laughs> and like two people inbox me off of that post. What do you mean about that? Exactly what uh -uh. I said. <laughs> exactly what I said. All the good women are married. And I and, and so I, it led me to make a post and I said, um, somebody said that all the people who, are, who really want to be married are married and all the single people are just playing. Right. I did see that. And and man, the comments flew off the hammer. I mean, it was they was they went crazy. And I and I really do believe that to a certain extent, I believe like. The people who really want to get married, the people who really want to be in a committed relationship, they're putting in the work because people are getting married all the time. So, so why aren't the single people? Um, I think it's a, a slew of reasons. I think one of which is they have this idea of waiting for this perfect man that probably isn't going to come. I think that a lot of people feel like black marriage isn't real or isn't accessible to them because they haven't seen it themselves. And simply a lot of people don't prioritize it. Like you said, it, it's something that they want, but it's not something that they're willing to put at the forefront of their lives in the sense of I am actively trying to achieve this goal versus I'm prioritizing myself or my education or traveling or friendship mm -hmm. or dating. Mm -hmm and having fun over looking for partnership. And there are consequences to that. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really matter why you make the decision, but there are consequences for not prioritizing relationships. Like I met my husband when I was 19 and I had an idea of what my guy would be, what he would look like, how tall he would be, the skin tone he would have, the personality he would have. And my husband really wasn't any of those things. But the only thing I can say is that he was the only man at that point in time. And I was young, but he was the only man that I knew at that point in time that was interested in courting me, interested in getting to know me and interested in being in a monogamous relationship with me. So even though he wasn't what I imagined for myself, I felt like I owed it to myself to explore that because there were no other options on the table anyway. Mm. And the things about him that weren't what I wanted in a partner, I had to teach myself to learn to appreciate who he was and what he brought to the table. But I think some women, I think a lot of women now struggle with um, looking in the mirror, seeing themselves. Mm -hmm. And then the fantasy of this man, like I've talked to numerous, numerous women. Like I used to do a lot of coaching last year and I had to pull back from it because it was like, I wasn't helping nobody because it was, it was just like the conversations were just loops of the same conversation over and over again. Like basically I'm so scorned by my past decisions that I'm not doing anything unless it's my fantasy. Right. I'm a date lazy. 
I'm going to put forth minimal effort and he needs to do everything. He needs to show up on a white horse covered in the king's gold and change my life. And if it's not that, I don't want it. But then that same person two months later is pregnant by some guy that they barely know. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not or helping doesn't nobody. doesn't have a job, doesn't yeah. have a car, doesn't have a house. So I think that's all it boils down to is if, if, if you have a man that has everything you need, but you don't like the way he looks or if he's not interesting enough to you or if you don't like his career, you don't like the amount of time that he has to put into maintaining his career i'm not interested but if he's handsome if he has a certain penis size if he has a certain bedroom ability if i like the way he dresses if he's a man that is desired by many women i'm willing to explore that you know something how you pg-13 that whole little section i'm just gonna go ahead and clap for you right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna clap for you because that was that was that was very, 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 you know, Cosby show. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so and I, and you're right. You're totally right. I totally agree. And it's like these women like, OK, so women, you approaching 35, you approaching 40, you approaching 45, you're approaching 50. What do you really expect to happen? Like, what do you really expect to happen? Like, like. The clock is not going backwards. It's going forward. Time is undefeated. So what are you waiting for? Like what you had talked about, like. Perfection, um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Perfection. But when you said the other girl had inboxed you about intention. When I tell you. In the last two years, I've probably dated probably roughly around. 10 girls like went out on dates stuff like that when i tell you this is the generation of the laziest daters on the female side being receptive to a date is not being proactive in the dating process right if i say hey let's go out to dinner you know i could say that to 30 people and they all say yes so you saying yes is not you being proactive You saying yes is not really you being intentional. You're just saying yes to the process. You know what I'm saying? And that's not effort. And that's why a lot of guys feel like, yeah, dating women and taking them out to dinner is a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. See, me personally, I I don't feel that way because I was going to go to the restaurant anyway. (laughs) I was going to go get me some food anyway. I might as well do it with some company. But... I see where guys who don't have, you know, um, just extra income to do these things, question it. Absolutely. I I look at it like this because I see this argument so much on social media. It's like if you're interested in me, you can pay to take me on a date. You can show me that you're interested. But I think men are withholding money to use it as leverage to see if a woman is actually interested in them. So if you're interested in me as a man, you should be comfortable with just meeting me at a coffee shop. Why do we have to go to Fleming's? Why do we have to go to Ruth Chris if you're interested in getting to know me? So now men are saying, I need to talk to you and spend time with you before I decide if I want to make a financial investment in getting to know you. And women are saying, if you are in fact interested in me, you should make that financial investment. You should be willing to spend a little bit, get a little bit of money to get to know me. But I can understand why everybody's at odds because like you said, I think women oftentimes feel like men are inherently confident. And 
it takes a lot of guts, I'm sure, to approach a woman, to ask her out, and to try to pursue her when she's not giving you anything in return. So I feel like it's our responsibility as women to show interest. It doesn't hurt to engage in conversation throughout the day and ask him about himself. It also would be beneficial if you follow up. I really appreciate you taking me on a date. I enjoyed our time together. I would love to chat with you soon. Like just showing that interest, like giving a little femininity. Like I coached a peer of mine and she told me that I uh, made her feel really special. I guess one time because I ran into her out and about and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's been, it's, I was like, it's been such a long time. It's so nice to see you. And she was like, that really stuck with me because I don't know the last time someone told me that it was nice to see me. And if it was nice to see her, I don't know. I just I try to do that because I know it makes people feel good and it doesn't hurt to be genuine in your interaction with people and to show that you're interested and you're open to developing a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want... <sighs> I wish we can have the conversation that resonates with both sides, men and women, that mm-hmm. gets them both comfortable with the process of dating and getting to know each other. Because like you said, you know, men are withholding money. Women want men to spend the money. But then, you know, some for, and then for some men with money who don't mind spending you setting the wrong presidents because they in their head they, they like mistake that for interest. Yes. And then it's like, and then you, you know, it becomes transactional. Now you become property. Like if I buy you this, mm-hmm. I buy you that, I buy you, you know what I'm saying? You owe me this or you owe me, you know what I'm saying? It becomes a very transactional thing. And all of these are like the most horrible fundamentals of dating. I need to get to know you. I mean, I- you need to get to know me. I personally think that we need to get back to phone conversation. I don't think that anyone should be going on a date without talking on the phone, getting to know one another and seeing if you even want to spend time with them in that way. How long should we talk on the phone? You mean like how many days or how how long? Like, um, I mean, like, do you feel like it's a certain level of comfortability or a certain amount of conversations? I think you should just get an idea for who that person is. I don't necessarily have a time frame in mind, but I feel like for me, if I meet a gentleman um, and we exchange numbers, maybe we text back and forth for a little bit. And then it's like, hey, this convert, this text conversation is going well. I would really love to hear your voice. Like, when are you free to talk? And then we talk on the phone. Is the conversation flowing? Are we interesting to one another? Are we talking about our goals and determining that we want the same thing? within the same time frames. If so, this conversation is going great. We're texting. I would love to see you. When can we get together and have a date? When can we have an outing? And then you see if you like spending time with them and then you build from there. It's how I envision it. I'm on board with that. I'm on board. Cause I feel like a lot of people miss things because they're not having these conversations. Absolutely. They're not peeling back, you know, this onion, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're skipping steps in the process. Like, how can you, how can you go on a, a date and you like, oh man, I spent four, $500 on that girl, man. She ain't never even called me back. Like, you should how, know before you go yes, on a date if you like her. Enough to spend four, $500. 
Absolutely. Because I feel like it's so many beautiful women, especially with makeup and like, you know, surgeries and like Photoshop. everybody can look their best at this point. So I feel like it's so many beautiful women, but it's really important to make sure that she isn't just beautiful on the exterior. Mm-hmm. Like, who is she on the inside? Is she willing to make time for you? Does she reciprocate? Is she even able to manage a conversation? If you're talking to her on the phone, do you have her undivided attention? What is it that she's doing or what is it that he's doing to show you that he's interested? And even as a young lady, that's something I help myself to. It's easy for someone to approach you and say they want to spend time with you. But how many of them are going to take an hour or two out of their day to just sit up and talk to you just for the sake of getting to know you? People want to be in your presence because they might have physical goals that they want to accomplish. But how many people want to talk to you and figure out who you are? Yeah. I think a, a, a lot of people um, like sex is attraction and sex to me are two different things, but married at the hip. And we we go into it based upon attraction, like, oh, he was a nice looking guy. I exchanged numbers with him, da, 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 da. But then I think sometimes we we put sex into the equation way too soon. Not saying mm-hmm. nobody should want to have sex with a person that they're attracted to. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I've seen people who literally, like you've seen the show Married at First Sight, right? Absolutely. Okay. You remember the first season? Did you watch the first season? Tell me about it so I can try to picture what okay. you're talking about. Remember the, the 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 couple where when she saw him, she was like grossed out and started crying and like was like having a hmm. nervous breakdown backstage. Like when they took the pictures for the 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 you know the after the wedding pictures, like she was like very standoffish, very everything. But you remember how they, they was she ma- like white with dark yeah, hair? They, she was white. I think she was white with brown, dark brown hair, and he was a tall white yeah, guy. Yeah, I think I know you're talking about. Yeah, and he was like little balding on the top or whatever. But you remember how they broke down? Yeah, kind of chubby. I remember that. Yeah, the compatibility for these people. They was like, we looked at it spiritually. We looked at it analytically. We looked at it based upon their past, their history, their psychological evaluation. We looked at everything when Mm -hmm. we matched these people up. Right. So they had went back to her hometown and she had a trigger. She had a trigger effect and he was there for her. Like she had never had anybody else. They're still married to this day. The black mm. couple that met each other that same night, you know, they had sex that night. They would broke up in three months. They're still mm. together because what binded them had nothing to do with our physical appearance and attraction. Didn't have nothing to do with sex. Absolutely. None of those things. So when I see people respond to posts like that and they immediately go to, oh, he's boring or, oh, he's you know not attractive. Oh, he, I, I look at a whole bunch of people who don't know how relationships work. Absolutely. Because I I think about like this with that whole boring aspect. If he's fun, what is he likely doing? He's doing fun stuff. He's at the clubs. He's here. He's there. What's fun about a man who can't provide? What's fun about a man who doesn't come home? What's fun about a man who's always out and about and on the scene? Mm. That's not that's not sustainable. How are you going to raise a family or have a relationship if all y'all trying to do is have fun like how can you manage to do that on a consistent basis? Yeah. 
And the thing is, what's weird is like you hear this, you hear these statements from grown ass women. <laughs> like you, you hear, oh, absolutely. Like you said, 50 year olds, whatever. Yeah. yeah, they all say it. And I'm like, come on, sis. Come on, sis. Like, don't you come on, man. You, you, you better than this conversation you trying to make. So it's like, let's do better. But Kayla, I told you. <laughs> It is that time again. It's that time. I told you, it's that time. The show's over. <laughs> so, hey, I want to pre- I appreciate you coming on to the show today. Could you give everybody your social media handles so they can catch up with you? Yes, you can find me at Kayla Walken. So K A Y L A Walken W A L K I N Coaching. Kayla Walken Coaching on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. And my website is KaylaWalken.com. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. We're going to have to continue this conversation. I'm actually going to, I got some stuff planned in um, the new year. We're going to do like an on location sort of uh, show, a live show. So um, I definitely yeah, reach out to you, get you on there with us and everything. Hey, for everybody else listening, I need you guys to pay attention to what we're going to be doing. Follow me in, in Atlanta on in TikTok well, the weekend of December 17th. Like I'm going to be down there with like some of the most popular TikTokers and we're going to be doing a live show down there. So we're going to be going live. So jump on those lives because we're going to be doing some giveaways and having some conversation and some dialogue. So, yo, I appreciate Kayla for coming on today. This is first off in my opinion. I'm Tom Swoop and we out.